Welcome to the Think Podcast, the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective with your host, Joel Sedekes. And now, get ready to think. Welcome to the Think Podcast with Joel Sedekes. I'm Joel Sedekes, and today we're going to do something totally different, which I think you're really going to like. I'm going to have a conversation with my wife, Elisa, and we're going to share our story of having a son in the hospital for over six months last year, and some of the lessons that we learned and the tools and tips that helped us stay sane, draw closer to the Lord, and really make it through that period of extended family disruption and quarantine in the hope that our experience and our story will help you not waste your own quarantine. If you want to connect with the Think Institute, please do so by going to www.thethink.institute. Follow us on social media. Go to at thinkinst on Twitter, at the Think Institute on Facebook and Instagram. And also, let me just encourage you to leave us an honest five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you do that, you will enter yourself into the book giveaway drawing that we're going to be doing at the end of this month. I'm going to give away the book from Lexham Press called Myth and Meaning in Jordan Peterson. It's uh, a really cool gift and I want to give it away to one of you. So leave us an honest five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It does have to be Apple Podcasts. And you know what? Even if you don't win, it's a great way to help get the word out about this podcast. And I am just so grateful to all of you for listening because we're doing very well on the podcast charts right now. And, you know, it's by the grace of God and due to your wonderful listenership. So thank you. Help us spread the word. And what you're about to hear now is that conversation with Elisa. And just a little background that you're not going to hear right Prior to the moment when the recording started, Elisa was giving our Facebook listeners some background about her own upbringing and how she went from being in the business world and the sales world as a very successful business professional to being a stay-home wife, mother, and homeschooler. So now, without any further ado, we join the conversation that I had with my wife that is already in progress. And yet the Lord had other plans. And um, actually when we were pregnant or when I was pregnant <laughs> with Anna Sophia, we our second born, who is we now turning seven next week, um, I was actually 34 weeks pregnant um, and I was laid off. And so that was a kind of one of those pivotal moments in my life where, okay, here we go. Um, I'm now at home and can't really find a job when you're that far along. And so I was kind of thrust into, uh, being a stay at home mom and really never came out of it. (laughs) I, I did some, some kind of like stuff on the side, but just really have embraced the fact that the Lord gave me the opportunity to stay home. And I'm kind of an advocate for stay at home moms and just for the, um, importance of that role. And now mind you, that doesn't mean that I love it every day. It's, (laughs) (laughs) it's a challenge. It's hard. And, and it's also hard, like dying to your old identity, um, and really living into your true identity, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, um, child of the Lord's. And so, um, 
so yeah, that, that's kind of who I was. Literally, like, this was like something that we struggled with for quite some time in our marriage is the idea of homeschooling. I was very against it. Um, <laughs> I Every time you brought it up, I'm like, you are kidding me. Like, homeschool people are are weird um and you know and also like we can't take all christians out of public schools because you know that's the salt that's the light like what are we going to leave behind if we take them all out you know and uh but then as i continued to grow in my walk with the lord i i continued to realize that those are my ideas Mm. and so i said hey you know what your plan and your will be done. And so I just really opened my hands and said, Lord, if this is your plan for us, if you do want me to homeschool, if you do want us to homeschool, make that very, very clear. And actually we um, have been really out of necessity of been homeschooling Lucas since forever. Um, But um, back on January 14th, Lucas was relisted um, to receive you know, to be back on the heart transplant list. And it was that very moment that I realized our world is going to change again. Mm. And that call is going to come in and we're going to find out, you know, a heart has come available. And this time that we have had at home as a family rebuilding and, and, you know, kind of our relationships and fixing a lot of the hurt that we went through was going to be rocked again. And so I realized, you know what? I think it's time. And there were other reasons, plenty of other reasons, but I decided literally, I think it was that day we decided like, we're going to just pull the kids from home from school. They were at Christian school. Yeah. It was sudden. It was very sudden. (laughs) It surprised Um, a lot of people. And we're going to pull them for homeschooling. And, um, it was a scary choice, especially because, you know, we could get that call any day and then it's like, what are we going to do with the kids? But, uh, we really rooted that in prayer and, um, and it has been amazing. And now it's funny yeah. because everybody's homeschooling. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so, man. You know, we're, we're trailblazers yeah, here. Yeah, we're trendsetters. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, it, and I think it's just, it just goes to show how gracious the Lord is because I think he knew, yeah. like, I would need that time. Are you thinking you knew that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> that I would need that time to just, like, figure out homeschooling because I feel as though if we were to be in situations like a lot of my friends are where their uh-huh. school was ripped out from underneath them, like that would have been hard for me, like yeah. figuring out like, okay, how am I going to make this work? My, I've got four kids and they're all the most energetic children ever, one more energetic and they're all incredibly loud, like yeah. really, really, really Each loud. Each one is louder than the next. Yes. Yeah. And so... I think, you know, being able to kind of field and figure out this homeschooling thing has just been a process that I've been able to figure out. And now I feel like we've, we've, I would, I'm not going to say we, we've got it figured out. No. That's, that's be very it's clear. A it's, it's a, a process. It's a process, but I definitely have a better handle on it now. And so, yeah. So if you're just joining us, we are talking about this big idea of, don't waste your quarantine. And so over the last few minutes, Elisa has been giving us a little background into herself, where she came from and, and you know, her role in the 
the business world, the corporate world, and how the Lord really led her out of that through a series of circumstances to the point where she not only became a stay-at-home wife and mother, a full-time homemaker, but even a, a homeschooling mom. And we were, uh, yeah, it's funny, you know, from my end, I went through sort of this roller coaster in my own attitude towards homeschooling because when I was growing up, I had a pretty good friend who was homeschooled, Dave Heisey. Mm -hmm. And he and I would get in these epically long debates. This was in high school because he would come to our high school for certain extracurriculars and whatnot, but he was, he was homeschooled. And I would debate with him all the time about how important it was for socialization. You know, kids need to be in school. They got to be socialized, you know? And then as I grew and I really, I would say in my late twenties became very, very serious about yeah. my faith in the Lord and started to see the direction that our public school system was heading. And I, you know, I sort of had an adversarial relationship with our public school system anyway, growing up, mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was that kid in the class who always loved to debate uh, the teachers and whatnot. Thankfully, I've lost that desire to debate now. Right. I'm very agreeable, despite what my wife says off camera, I'm very, very, uh, at least it was just um, uh, enlightening me earlier about how I'm not very agreeable. I'm not an agree, like you could say, apparently you, you could, could literally say, say anything <laughs> like the sky is blue and he would say, well, actually here's, here's the problem. So she set me up. She tells me how disagreeable I am. And what what do I do? If I if I agree with that, then I'm disagreeable. If I disagree, I'm only proving her point. Exactly. So you see, there's only one person that I'm actually very not joyful about debating with, and that is my wife, because she always knows how to just get me in these in these uh, unwinnable arguments. So uh, what do you want to watch your foot on that oh, uh, cord? Just heads up. Um, so then I change the subject like that, and then it's mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. So, um, what, what the heck are we talking about? Oh, so so homeschooling. Homeschooling. So, as I grew in my own faith, I didn't want to. I, I actually no, I did want to homeschool. I actually became a a major proponent of homeschooling. Um, and you know, I got to the point where I was probably obnoxious about it. Um, uh, speaking with Elisa, and you know, really wanting that for our kids. This is when our oldest was was fairly young. And I would say Elisa started to warm up to it and then started to cool towards it. And, you know, really like the more passionate I got about it, you know, the more kind of scared she got because I tend to be very intense about things. She's like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not really a home educator. I don't see myself doing that. Well, very recently I started to have these conversations with um, a, a, a pastor named Doug Wilson who is going to be on the Think Podcast, my podcast, our podcast, now, our podcast. <laughs> now. Um, this is going on the podcast. So this is, but that's, uh, anyway, so my my second conversation with Doug Wilson is going live on Tuesday, but um, the first conversation I had with him, we were talking about classical education. And he actually convinced me that homeschooling was not the only way to do this. And so I really started to back up, started mm -hmm. to, started to, you know, ease my own attitude towards it and lo and behold as soon as i do that alisa's like i think we need to homeschool so you know i'm left just wondering what the heck just happened but um mm -hmm. but she you know really got on that train and actually became a bigger proponent for it than me particularly because of our 
family situation. And that's really what we want to talk about is, is that family situation that led up to our, des- our desire and intention to homeschool because in a lot of ways, there were a lot of similarities between what we went through last year and what everybody's going through now yeah. in terms of being quarantined, having our mobility limited, having our interaction limited, yeah. watching out for germs, having to, you know, be sequestered off from other people so we don't get infected or infect others. I mean, that, that's, we dealt with that. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we want to talk about. So, um, yeah, when it comes to being quarantined, this is not our first, um, not our first rodeo, so to speak. Um, and and um, when we're talking about this big idea of not wasting your quarantine, Lisi, what would it look like for our listeners, for those watching, to not waste the the time that we're in right now? What does that mean? Don't waste your quarantine. What, well, what would that look like not to waste it? I think I think just even going back to my hospital experience like so if if you don't know um uh i spent about six months in the hospital with lucas it it was six or seven months Mm -hmm. total last year um and uh so that was you know when you're in a hospital you, you don't have the the rule of the hospital like you have your room and it's small and it's claustrophobic and you know it, it it's a it's a hard it's a hard place to be um and yet i actually it's funny i'm i'm i, I it, it's very funny so we were actually um asked to speak at um a like a fundraiser um for the hospital specifically for the what was it called the the children's service board um because they realized that we more though more so than any other family in the hospital really took advantage of all that the hospital had to offer in regards to resources things like games and like the teacher services and you know all these different things and i i i really like i felt like i was a poster child for not me but lucas we were a poster child family if you will um for how to live in a hospital well um and because when it comes down to it, it's it's lonely. It can be. Um, it, you can feel really like, you know, just kind of weird because you're not part of the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I realized that we need a real experience here. Like, and so yeah. I started homeschooling. I brought homeschooling resources. I asked the teacher services to provide homeschooling, um, like. Uh, resources as well. I put a schedule together. I did, we did art therapy, music therapy. Um, We did, what else did we do? Well, physical therapy, occupational therapy. We did like every game that you could possibly think of because that kind of stuff distracts you and it keeps you busy because when it comes down to it, when you're in the hospital, the biggest thing in the room, other than, you know, the bed yeah <laughs> really it's the tv and so if you've ever spent any time in the tv it's in the hospital it's nearly impossible to to not spend almost the entire day on the tv because well, it's so easy it's so easy you it's turn the tv entertainment. on you sit there and just it, edge out it causes them to forget all of the terribleness that's going on and they can just really zone into just nothing mm-hmm. and so i didn't want that for lucas because obviously he's young and like 
that's just not good for your mind and yeah. development. And so four when you went in, right? And yeah. so, so what do you do if if you're not going to have the TV on? What what can you do? And you have to use distraction. So I, I bring that up just to say that we're kind of all in that situation right now. We're all in the homes, and like it would be easy for parents, for moms, for dads, for you know, to just say, hey, just turn on the TV, just get your iPad, get your you know, and and that's all well and good, but what are you going to be left with? You know, when, when we all get out of here and can get to leave our, (laughs) well, we look back and be like, man, we just wasted this time. Like we were in the same house for however long it was. And yet we didn't really like play any board games or Mm. we didn't like, you know, reach out to our neighbors through FaceTime. We didn't like all these different things. Like we didn't Clean out our basement. <laughs> We're like, well, let's not get crazy. Let's not get crazy. There's <laughs> but, some things that you can do. You don't have to do everything. But I, I think like, you know, when I think about what was the question you specifically asked again? It was, what does it look like to not waste that way? So quarantine. I think like for me personally to not waste this time in quarantine is to be able to look back at this and be like, okay, we've grown as a family. Mm-hmm. We have strengthened in our our time with the Lord, um, Mm -hmm. as a family, but also individually, um, we have reached out to individuals, um, that, you know, maybe we haven't talked to in a while and Mm -hmm. now they're home because they're not working and their kids are home. So let's do some FaceTime, like using, utilizing this time to really grow. That is, I think the best way to not waste this time. Um, so, yeah. And I think like for me personally, I've also tried to take this time as a way because now we're not distracted. Even as a homeschool family, we were homeschooling. Right. But we were also doing a lot of things outside of the house. Like we're part oh, of a homeschooling yeah. co-op, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which, of course, we love every Monday. So that we're out of the house every Monday. Yeah. But then we were doing, you know. Uh, Lucas is doing physical therapy and occupational therapy. And we actually started um, play therapy, which is like um, well, it's like, like counseling, it's like counseling. Yeah. Um, and then we were also going to the library and having play dates and all these things. And all of those things are great. And obviously with homeschooling, those social interactions are great. But it also mm-hmm. takes away from your family life because those are just distractions from spending yeah. time together. So I also have taken this as a chance to be like, okay, we really need to tighten things up when it comes to homeschooling because if these kids are not constantly busy, they're constantly asking for tablets mm-hmm. and TV. Screen time. Screen time. Yeah. So if they're not constantly being challenged, constantly being busy, um, that's going to happen. So that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm taking advantage of right now. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That's good. You know, um, before we get into specifics and, and scripture and uh, and things like that, and uh, by the way, Larry Delaney is watching. He says, Larry. "Hey guys, love you both. Miss you guys. Miss you too. Miss you too, brother. Love you too, brother. I'm not <laughs> I'm not too proud to say that. Um, probably wouldn't say it in person, but we're, there's a good healthy digital distance between us now, so it's fine. Um, but uh, we're we're sitting here now and." Um, we're in the middle of this this quarantine and i don't know about you guys but for me i go back and forth all the time i'm like is this just one massive national overreaction yeah you know like this is insane or are we is this like a doomsday scenario <laughs> and 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 you know i got to like look askance at my neighbors or walking outside and mm-hmm. and you know this this could be the the end of everything here you know so i go back and and forth between those two poles and and really everywhere in between 
But I will say it's very interesting. We believe, as followers of Christ, we believe in a God who is totally sovereign, which means Mm -hmm. he's in control, which means his ways are not our ways. But we can sometimes discern what he might be doing in a particular situation. Yeah. Maybe not seeing the big picture, but there's like aspects of it that we can see. And here we are, we're all quarantined in our homes. And yet we're also, this is like a once in a hundred year or maybe even once in a, you know, multiple hundred year kind of situation. And yet we have all this digital technology. And it's like, well, that's never happened before. Even when the Spanish flu was around in 1918, which was the last major big pandemic like this, there was no FaceTime. There was no Facebook, you know, any of the face apps. Yeah. Uh, there was. Uh, so here we are. We're at this particular point in history. And Acts 17 tells us that God chooses the times and the places where he wants everyone to live. Well, God wanted us to live through this epidemic, and God also gave us all this amazing technology that we could connect digitally. Yeah. So, Elise, I love what you were saying about growing. We can even grow closer to each other yeah. through this, and you know, this is a great way to do it. So, I think God wants us to invest our time. This so the mm-hmm. idea of connecting digitally is no longer just this fun frill <laughs> right. kind of bonus thing. Right. It's, it's like, a lifeline. Yeah. To people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a major part of not, not wasting this time. Yeah. I mean, specifically, so we, as Christians, we have the peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. You know, so we have that. But there, this is a, a season, like, you know, when we were in the hospital and we were going through everything with Lucas, it was a life or death kind of a situation. You know, every day, maybe not every day, thank God. <laughs> But right. there were there were definitely moments, and so when I when I would speak to people on the phone, it wasn't just like, "Hey, what's up?" You know, it's it was like, you know, we really were able to get into some good, good conversations yeah. um, that kind of it got to the core of like, okay, what what are we doing here yeah. on earth? Like, what what is the point of this life? Like, why are why am I undergoing suffering right now? Why does this keep happening to our family? Mm-hmm. Um, these are conversations that just don't come up every day, but we were given the opportunity to have these conversations with people, um, either through our blog or even just, you know, on the phone. Um, and so now yeah. we're in that same situation, all of us, right? Like we all are in a situation where we are wondering, like, what is this? Like, how serious is this? Yeah. Um, you know, it, people are dying from this, obviously. Um, so people are fearful of what this might be. And so I think that um, we now have an opportunity that we didn't before to speak to that and to, to reach out to some of our non-believing friends um, and just check on them. Be like, hey, you know, how is this making you feel? Like, what are your thoughts on this? And really getting to that that core. <laughs> Well, it was bound to happen inevitably. <laughs> um, our uh, daughter, our two-year-old, little, little JoJo, is currently uh, trying to beat down our door. She probably um, could do it. You want? Yeah. Do you want to? Uh, yeah. Uh, see what's going on with her and remind Jacob to uh, to watch her. So, what I did was, um, as I was preparing for. Um, 
as I was, see, this is the beauty of, of quarantining is uh, nobody expects too much from your podcast because uh, right now, if you're, if you're watching, if you're listening to this later on the podcast, um, our two-year-old just came in and uh, knocked on our door and Elisa had to go take care of her and, and she'll be back. Um, so one of the, one of the biggest challenges is I think back to the time, because Lucas was actually in the hospital for over six months. It was, it was actually a little bit closer to seven months. And then he was home for three weeks. And then Elisa and he had to go back into the hospital for like one or two weeks. So it was a long period of time. And as I was thinking about the challenges of that period of time, what I did was I went back and I actually looked at my journal because I keep a journal. And I was just reminded how Alisa said that, you know, it wasn't a life or death situation every day, but in a lot of ways, the, the pain and the angst and the uncertainty was an everyday thing. And it wasn't just when we were at the hospital, the way we, we worked it out was Alisa was in the hospital five days out of the week, and then we would switch and I'd be in the hospital two days out of the week. So, and then we would both go to church together. And when we would go to church, one of the benefits of being part of a loving church family is people check in on you. They want to know how you're doing. But every every conversation that we had began the same way. How's Lucas? And it really did become this every day, every week reminder that our son was sick, that things weren't right, that, that, that um, you know, that there was this threat hanging over us. And that was one of the biggest challenges was just the uncertainty and the constant reminder that things were not normal and we had to adjust to the new normal. So maybe if you're if you're quarantined right now, you're in your house, maybe you're starting to feel that. Just this, you know, sort of the newness of your situation has begun to wear off and you're you're re- you're beginning to adjust to the quote unquote new normal. And so um you've got to find ways to stay sane and um I love this comment from Greg our friend Greg Wilson. He says, you know, how does one get a Hungarian coffee or tea in such situations? Digital coffee? Oh, I think I'm understanding. It's not the coffee; it's the relationship. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, Greg, maybe we should do a face FaceTime or a video chat, and you drink your delicious coffee, I'll drink mine uh, from the safety and uh, virus-free environments of our own homes, God willing. But uh, but yeah, it is. It's, it really is about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I saw this article that said the internet can't save us from loneliness during this time. That is true. The internet is not a substitute for face-to-face interaction, but I'll tell you what, it's better than nothing. Yeah. It really is better than nothing. And in one of the ways that we stayed sane when Lucas was in the hospital, I was just explaining how long Lucas was in the hospital yeah. and how we sort of switched and developed a, you know, a schedule of me, me being on for two days, you being on for five. Mm-hmm. And, and we got of, Isabella or Isabel who just commented. Isabel was That's right. A friend that we made in the hospital, they also spent over over six months in the hospital as well. Yeah, so. yeah, that's right. And one of the best ways to stay sane is we would do video chats. Like we would do FaceTime, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook and um, FaceTime chats with each other, like when Elisa was in and, mm-hmm. and I was out and vice versa. So yeah, the internet can be a, a powerful thing. Um, and at the, at the end of this video, we're going to get into some sort of practical tools and you know the schedule that we created we actually just came up with this great schedule last night that i think (laughs) works 
so far it's been working really, really well. Yeah. I mean, it's only been 24 hours, but not even, but it's been working really well. But it's sort of based on our past experience. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll talk about some other practical tips and tools. But what I'd like to do is to talk about how does how God's word really helped during our own six month. You know, if this quarantine, everyone's saying it could last a lot longer than the two to three weeks we were originally thinking. So if that's the case, you know, our first resource has to be God's word. Yeah. And when Dan Osborne and I were on this call two days ago, when, when we did a video, that was one of the things he said was we have to go to God's word first. And so, you know, let's talk about that, babe. Let's talk about... Um, Sorry, I just, you're so stinking beautiful. I got you. keep looking over at you like, oh my gosh, this is my wife. I'm very glad I'm not quarantined apart from Elisa right now. Oh, seriously, um, yeah. Yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, what What were some of the scripture passages that meant a lot to you over this last year that God used to speak to you? And then I'll share some of mine. Um, so I wrote a couple of them down. So, here. Um, so some of the ones that really spoke to me specifically just about peace, um, is Psalm 29, um, 11, the Lord, excuse me, doing great, babe, (laughs) the Lord gives, um, strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And I think that's something that like, you know, you can take for granted your peace, but right. we do, we have that peace and like Jesus is peace and the Holy Spirit is peace. And so we need to remember, like we have that ability. So like when we get stir crazy, we need to remember that we have that peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is God's will for us is to yeah. draw closer to him. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ways that we said earlier that we could avoid wasting this quarantine right. is getting closer to the Lord. So if the Lord gives peace and the Lord has now put us in a situation where we need peace. We, we, we have that ability to, yeah. to gain peace and we need to find that from his word. Yeah. And, and offer that to others Yeah, that's a good point. who do not have it. And I think that's a big, big thing we need to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, the opportunity we have also Luke one seventy eight through 79, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And so I think, you know, this can be like, I know there are a lot of extroverts out there. Um, I am one of those and my kids are definitely (laughs) one of those. Um, And being sequestered and being set apart and not being able to physically be in kind of, even like, hugging people like that. Yeah. <laughs> like this it can feel like a shadow of death and so that can be really hard and so just remember just remembering that word is really good um and then also um john 14 27 peace i leave with you mm. my peace i give to you not as the world gives do i give to you let not your hearts be troubled Neither let them be afraid. Or neither let them be afraid. Either one. Yeah. However you pronounce it. <laughs> correctly, or if you do say if you do say neither, or uh-huh. if you say it correctly. Okay. So, so. yeah. 
But I, I really like that one because it says, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Yeah. Like, there's nothing worldly about our our, our Father, our God. Mm. Um, and then, of course, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, who surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And that's that's just a huge one. Yeah. You know, that verse, I love what you just said, babe. You said um, there's nothing worldly mm-hmm. about the peace that we have. Mm-hmm. You think about what worldly peace would look like. It would be, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, but mm-hmm. it'd be something like, hey, this quarantine is going to last for a week. Right. And there's a deadline in sight. And don't worry, just hang in there. And, you know, kind of keep yourself busy until the week is over. That would be... Or, I mean, it's also the piece of like, I know I have money in the bank. Right, right, right. You know, I know I can order things on Amazon. Like, I know I have 7,000 rolls of toilet paper in my basement. (laughs) You know, like, that is the piece that people are trying to provide for themselves by hoarding. Right. You know, by... Truly, I mean that that is a piece that is yeah. worldly. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. But there's a piece that's available to us that totally transcends how many rolls of toilet paper we have, when this quarantine will be over, any sort of certainty about the future. We actually have a solid foundation that we can stand on that's rock solid to keep us from rocking back and forth like a like the double-minded man in the book of James who is tossed to and fro like a wave of the sea. But, you know, we also have a, a hope that actually rises above. So we've, our hope goes deeper than the world can provide, but it also transcends and goes higher than the world can provide because we can look at our circumstance and we go, man, in the short term here, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of potential pain. You know, I don't want to catch coronavirus. I don't want someone I love to be hurt. And I don't want to be cooped up in my house. Yeah. But we can actually look past that because we actually have a hope that even goes beyond this life. Mm. So the worst thing that could happen in this world is we die, you know, suffer a lot and then die. But we have a hope that says, just as Jesus rose from the dead, you know, Jesus said, if anyone lives and believes in me, though he dies, mm-hmm. he will live. If anyone believes in me, though he dies, he will live. If anyone lives and believes in me, he will never die. Yeah. So it's like, that's not a worldly hope. Right. That's amazing. Right. Yeah, and I think I think that honestly <laughs> has a lot to do with why initially um it was harder, I think, for Christians to jump onto this. Like Oh yeah, right. Right. Like and right. you were even saying how that new movie, <laughs> excuse me, still believe. Yeah, the Jeremy, Jeremy Kent movie. Is like doing the best because <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah. <laughs> because the the only people going to movie theaters are Christians because they are at peace with knowing where they're going if they get the coronavirus. Yeah, it's a coronavirus miracle. Uh, <laughs> the Christian movie was like, I think, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Christian movie, the Jeremy Camp story, was Which number was one. really good, actually. We went to see it. It was, yeah. We went to the, there was one other couple in the theater, and we went and we're like, hey, we, you know, we're not worried, but I think Christians, you know, we do have to remember, like, you know, viruses can get us too. And not only that, but our... Our social responsibility. That's right. That's right. What we could be spreading. So I think. 
you know, that's something to remember. But I will say that that I think right off the bat was really hard for a lot of Christians to be like, why are all these churches closing? Like, we are not, we are not afraid. You know, we are not to be afraid. And, and I think to be clear, we're not afraid, right? right? Like we as Christians, we're not afraid. We are not to be afraid. And yet we are staying in our houses right now and we're being respectful of Mm -hmm. the fact that this is something to protect our neighbors and to protect and but we need to also leverage that to to be there for them in a way that you know we couldn't if we weren't in this situation and also like if we weren't doing this if we weren't keeping ourselves you know um away from the public and respecting the fact that this is what you know our government wants us to do that would kind of almost like that would weaken our ability to speak to people because they'd think like wow you're being so irresponsible you're right. being maybe even like hypocritical like because mm. you're not loving your neighbors yeah, yeah do you know what i'm saying so yeah. um, <laughs> oh yeah i know oh. guys watch out <laughs> well we all know that, that means i'm getting it too you know what i'm saying all right. we like to kiss yeah. uh so um so I want to share another another. Uh, <laughs> sorry, at least that was a really good point. Uh, I feel like I, okay. it was that that was very wonderful and okay. beautiful. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But then, <laughs> all right. So the the other uh, the, as I was going through my journal, I I saw there were actually a number of passages that uh, that stuck out to me when Lucas was in the hospital, and it's even right now. It's funny to think that I'm speaking about that time. When Lucas was quarantined in the hospital, I'm speaking about it in the past tense because yeah. it's been this ominous cloud over our family for so long and it's still so fresh, I think, in our minds and our hearts. But I was really reminded about it as I was going back and looking through my journal. Yeah. And there was one day, now this was after you guys had been released from the hospital, you were home for three weeks mm. and then you had to go back in. This was in July. No, no, September. Okay. In September. And that was a blow. That was like a kick to the teeth. Yeah. Uh, you know, a real punch to the gut for me. And there was one day in September when I just wrote in my journal, I just copied Psalm 42. I just co- copied Psalm 42. And that was my the first part of my journal entry. And mm. I won't read the whole thing, but it says, As a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While all day long people say to me, where is your God? I remember this as I pour out my heart. How I walked with many, leading the festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior, and my God. So here you've got King David writing this psalm. And he's, he's remembering when he used to go out and spend time with people. And he was yeah. joyful. And now here he is feeling isolated yeah. by man and God. Mm-hmm. And yet, even in that moment, in this dark night of the soul, he still is hoping in God. And that that passage really resonated mm-hmm. with me as I was feeling alone, as and and there was even hope that you guys would be getting out after a couple of days and that didn't happen. Right. And it, it hurt. It felt 
it felt uncomfortable. It felt um, uncertain and mm-hmm. and um, traumatic. But I was able to find comfort in knowing King David experienced that. Mm-hmm. And he also drew near to God during that time. And if he could do that, I could do that as well. And, you know, one other passage that I want to talk about as well is the book of Jonah. Like all the chapters of Jonah, <laughs> chapters one through four. Because here you've got a guy who you want to talk about God using a quarantine and isolation to, yeah. to bring him close. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, Jonah was in the belly of the great sea monster, the fish, whatever it was, mm-hmm. for three days. Yeah. And it was while he was in the belly of the beast that he cried out to the Lord. And you can read the book repented, of Jonah. Yeah. yeah, he repented and and prayed and cried out to the Lord. And again, it was... The Lord is my salvation. Yeah. You know, and so, man, if we get anything from this quarantine, I really do hope, I think we would both say, we really hope that it's a, a reliance on the Lord, on the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you want to talk about someone who knows what it's like to be cut off from the world. Yeah. It's Jesus. And yet he had hope that even after that period of being cut off, when he was buried in the grave, he was going to experience new right. life mm-hmm. and he had hoped that transcended that. So yep. uh, any, any other thoughts, Lisey, on that? Like what, um, you know, how God's word can minister to us during this time? Put me on the spot. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think like something to be very clear about is that it's very easy. Like, and Joel and I kind of like, we lucked out because we both gave up social media. Like I, I don't have Facebook on my phone right now because I gave it up for Lent. Yeah. Um, so I, I can access Facebook per my, you know, rules <laughs> um, through my computer or even a browser, but I cannot do it through the app, which obviously makes it more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joel, you gave up social media, right? Yeah. Other than thinking other than YouTube for stuff. ministry purposes. Yeah. I, I will browse a little. I'll, I'll catch myself browsing a little bit and then I have to, but I'm not commenting or doing any personal stuff on right. social media. And so, right now. but I say that because I would say that it is very natural for us, especially in a tumultuous time that mm-hmm. we are in right now where mm-hmm. every day it's, you know, new news. Um, it's easy to like turn to news, turn to the internet first And I think that we, and it was something that I learned early on being in the hospital that, you know, I can't turn to social media. I can't turn to like even updating people on how Lucas was doing and asking for prayer requests. Like sometimes I would catch myself asking for prayer requests when I would find out really tough information before calling out to the Lord. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, (laughs) like the, I, it is fine to ask for prayers from people, obviously, but if I'm not calling upon the Lord first, like there's something wrong, mm. right? So I think like we need to challenge ourselves during this time to to call out to the Lord, to pray to him, pray that um, he would, you know, use this time to really further our relationship with him, that he would use this time to draw our attention to who we need to be reaching out to, mm-hmm. um, to do like, you know, check-ins and, and really to like do a sometime appointment is what Joel calls it. But which is like, Hey, would you mind if we would, we took some time to talk about, you know, where my faith lies or, mm-hmm. um, where my hope lies. 
Um, and, and taking this as an opportunity to really have those spiritual conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's also important that, you know, when we're fearful, when we're upset, when we're frustrated, when we're angry, because all those things can happen when you're in isolation and when you're, you know, set apart, um, we need to call, call out to the Lord and we need to pray. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that's something that we really need to remember because it is so easy. Yeah to go to other places first and then like as her last resort be like oh yeah mm-hmm. our friend christine papour is watching and yeah. she's been commenting this whole time i've been putting some of them up on the screen but she says i'm guilty of that right now too call out to the lord first yes yeah. great reminder and at least it's so funny you say that because i do the exact same thing you know i will oftentimes text you and say hey please pray for me yeah. i've got this coming up i've got that i'm dealing with this and I, it'll, it'll hit me and it must be the Holy Spirit reminding me, Hey, you know, you can pray too, you know, (laughs) I'm right here. (laughs) It's not just her. You can pray. That's right. That's right. So let's talk practically then about how we can be there for others. And then I want to share the schedule that we made for all those parents. So at the end of this video, in about 10, 15 minutes, we're going to share our comment, our, our, our our, um, calendar schedule, our schedule on, on how we're you know, going about our daily lives here um, and some practical, you know, video streaming services and um, other ways for you, you to tag those in after it as well. Yeah. Some, yeah. Sure. Some... Um, I want to just quick share a story that emphasizes the importance of reaching out. So while we were still in the thick of everything, I want to say this was in July of last year. There was one day when I was feeling uber discouraged and i was telling elisa this you know i was hey i'm just so discouraged right now and it was about an hour later maybe not even maybe like half an hour later that um, a friend reached out matt wright reached out sent me a text i don't even remember exactly what it said but it was something encouraging hey you know uh really appreciate you and and this and that and and um it was you know just like this really positive very uplifting text and so i reach back out to elisa and i go hey thanks for letting matt know that i was feeling down in the dumps you know i know that you asked him to to shoot me because elisa and i will do sorts you know do that sort of thing from time to time you know hey so and so please reach out to elisa she's feeling bad and i go hey you know elisa thanks for for having matt reach out and she goes no i didn't i didn't ask him i go no i mean it was like exactly what I needed. Yeah. It was right after I shared that with you. Yeah. She's like, I didn't ask him to reach out to you. Yeah. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. It wasn't Elisa. It was the Lord. Yeah. God just prompted Matt to reach out to me with this encouragement. Mm-hmm. And it meant, it meant so much to me. Yeah. And so, you know, here we are now. We're all feeling isolated. Yeah. And even if you're not feeling discouraged, someone out there is. Someone in your circle of influence is right now. And... Mm-hmm. And like the people that you think about that might be really in a situation where they might be feeling discouraged are people in the medical profession, people, you know, who are reliant on hourly wages that are not getting it right now in the restaurant world and really so many, so many jobs. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's just so many positions that are not, they're just not making the money. So that fear of just not having the money to provide for their families. So those would be people, I think also elderly, um, 
you know, grandmas, aunts, uncles, because they are at the most risk. Yeah. But also, you know, um, people with suppressed immune systems, like, you know, who are going through chemotherapy or who are in heart failure, like adults or obviously kids as well. Yeah. Um, these are the types of people that, you know, really like pray who those people are that you're supposed to be reaching out to because mm. they're, they're there are definitely people that you need to be reaching out to. It's just who. And um, what should they say when they FaceTime, when they call? What would be an encouraging message? I mean, I think like just calling and, mm -hmm. and just, you know, being there and, and, you know, checking in and saying, hey, like, how's it going? And, you know, really yeah. kind of like rubbing shoulders not an actual yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> you know, just, it's not allowed anymore but virtual shoulders for, yeah. you know and <laughs> and and just like being there yeah through that time and then just saying hey you know how are you doing like yeah. what are your concerns what are your fears like where are you turning to 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 get the socialization to to answer these questions and um i just i think that there's something so powerful about just calling mm. uh, maybe you don't even have the words to say yeah. yeah, that's right. And uh, Jim and Kathy Osborne, who that's uh, Dan's parents, oh, cool. actually, uh, they just commented, yes. reach out to grandparents too. just FaceTimed with kids. It means so much. Remember, texting is getting delayed. So if you don't hear back, oh. your message may not get delivered till 347 a.m. I didn't even know that I texting had, was getting delayed. I had no idea. Thanks wow. for sharing that yeah. information. Wow. Yeah, that's really helpful. I guess to everybody's know. texting everybody. Um, yeah. Well, and you know what else, too? Um, singles, yeah, especially singles oh, with yeah. no roommates. Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, you know, for for us, obviously, we have each other, mm -hmm. but being in the body of Christ means there are single people in your congregation right now, and who, not not only young singles. Like that's right. Yes, yeah. I right. just want to make that clear. <laughs> that's right. You know, there are there are some folks who their primary the interaction with at least with the body of Christ is going to be on a Sunday morning, but all of our church services are digital now. Right. So it's one thing to say, Hey, let's do church at home with your family. And you know, we've got six people in our family. That's a little mini congregation. Right. But what do you do when it's just you, no roommates, it's a church of one. Yeah. And then you go out on the street and you have to stay six feet away from people. And that can be very isolating and very lonely. Mm -hmm. So we need yeah. to remember singles during this time too so we should we should you and i should actually talk about that yeah we should who yeah. are we going to reach out to yep. and i've already got a few right. people in mind I know we do, so yeah. so yeah some, um, some practical some practical things yeah all right so now if you do have kids let's talk about what we're doing and um and uh and you know what are we doing here at home to disciple our kids to keep them busy and you know, you, you got to bring out that schedule. Do you have the schedule? Sure, yeah. Okay, so here's what we're doing. Now, listen, we are not pros at homeschooling. <laughs> we're, not, we're not posing as pros. We're not pretending to be pros. But we do have some experience with creating schedules for people in isolation. I mean, we've been in, in extended isolation. We've had to come up with schedules for our kids. Mm -hmm. And so in that regard, yeah, we kind of are pros. Like, we've been doing this a long time. Um, but at least what's, what's the schedule that we have? And, yeah. Well, so first off, working? you know, one thing I'll say is there are so many resources out there. Yeah. Um, 
that now if you are catapulted into homeschooling and um, some of you like your schools are actually uh, still requiring you to be checking in and doing work and they actually probably have curriculum for you and that's wonderful but um, you know some of you are kind of like you know you maybe you go to a Christian school and they just don't have the ability to do that um, or just your school doesn't have those resources. I know CPS doesn't have the ability to do like virtual learning. They just don't have the resources or, or the ability. So, um, so, and yet you don't want to like not teach your kids for the next, however, mm. unforeseeable future. And so I just want to encourage you guys that, um, Hey, maybe this is a time for you to get a feel for what homeschooling is like. And you know, hey, if we get a lot of homeschooling families out of this for yeah, next year, yeah. like all the better. That's right. As more people that we can interact with during the week. <laughs> we need play dates. Um, yes, play we dates. We need play dates, people. Um, so, but and it's also just, I will say really quickly as an aside, one thing that I learned is I was so afraid of homeschooling. I mm. so afraid. Like, I like my house to be clean and orderly and granted with four kids, it's hard to have that ever, you know, yeah. when the kids were in school, but, yeah. um, you know, and I just, I like to have my alone time. And I was really like truly looking forward to the day that all four kids would be at school and I would be able to like go to a Bible study and go to the gym. Like, you know, like selfishly, like that sounded amazing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but obviously now that's not the case. And truly like I've learned while homeschooling that it's actually more freeing, less stressful than having my kids go to school. Mm. And the reason that is, is that you structure life different. Like you're not rushing all the time. Yeah. Um, we used to like wake up quick, everybody eat quick. Let's pack the oh, lunch brother. quick. Let's get the backpack back. Oh no, I forgot to sign their paper to show that I, they did their homework. Oh no, we didn't do their homework. You know, like yeah. shoot today is like, you know, all these different things. And it was always a rush and like, you mm-hmm. know, everybody get in the car, especially in winter when you're like, get all your hats and coats. Oh, and everything. It's just so much work yeah. and, and so, so, so stressful. I'm getting stressed and, out just thinking about it right now. <laughs> and so one thing that I realized is like, and then also just not only that, but then they're at school mm-hmm. and you get them home and it's like, you have how many hours with them before it's bedtime? It's just, like just three. Yeah. And Part of that is like trying to get dinner on the table. And so it was just like there was hurry up and stress. And like it was just it was stressful for for our family. Yeah. And so what I realize is now that we're homeschooling is that stress has been totally taken away. And we we just are with each other. And it's been so, so, so good. So Which is totally ironic. Oh, my God. Very unexpected. And my house is cleaner than it's ever been. What the heck? I know. It's so crazy because. I don't know. I, th- I think it's because we're not hurrying. Yeah. So there's not like that hurricane that goes right. through the house of like, quick. It's it like, is so true though. It's, I know. So so I hope you guys experience this too. And and so one thing that we are doing, um, I have obviously four kids. My youngest is two. Um, so we're not teaching her, but she's obviously, you know, a being in this house that is very needy. Did you call her a being? A being. <laughs> That's a great description of Jojo. <laughs> yes. She is a being. She is an entity yes. all to herself. She is. So, um, and then we've got Jacob who's eight, but we've got him up in the third grade. 
Um, Anna Sophia turns seven next week, and she's in the first grade, and yeah. Lucas is in kindergarten. I wouldn't need to be putting all of our personal details out there, but maybe there's some kind of a okay stalker out there. So it's already out there. Um, and so that may you know, or may not I be true. initially had a hard time with figuring out how to how to teach all the kids. Um, because they all kind of need individualized attention, right? Yeah. Um, and so we came up with this, and this is actually a tool. Oh, what happened here? Um, that I got from Amazon, and definitely, I'm sure you can buy it. Um, let's see if I can get it up. Um, I can maybe put the link below. Am I missing something? Yes, I am. Where am I? Where does that go? Something fell out. Okay. Well, shoot. Is that even right? I think that's right. You know what? This is. I don't right. think it's right, but okay. Just to show you guys, kind of what our typical schedule is. Can we see this? Okay. Yeah. So we got. We start out the morning, and this is you know we don't do times on here. You could do times on here, but I got really stressed about times because the kids would be like, "Oh, it's already past that time," and right. and you know they would they would get really into that, and mm -hmm. I'm like, "Whoa, no, no, no! We're just doing the order." So we start out the morning at around. Um, you know, get up at about seven thirty or so. Well, they I would say that they're probably up before. Well, that. yeah, but in terms of like yes. starting the day. So we do yeah. get ready, tidy their room, so make their bed, kind of pick up a little bit. It's not like spotless, but um yeah. brush your teeth, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then to come down for breakfast. Um, then at breakfast, or at least right after breakfast, we do the catechism and Bible, which um if you're not familiar yet, Joel actually wrote a catechism that is really truly phenomenal. It's called Catechids. It's very user friendly. Um, the kids love it. Like they truly love it because it it's I, I won't say it's easy, but it's very doable. Mm -hmm. And so they have mm -hmm. great success in it, which of course makes them feel great. You well, know and also we've been doing it for like three or four right, years. Right, right. They did not love it at first. I would say right. Jacob didn't love it at first. That's true. Yeah. When he was really little, but now he sees the benefit of it. And you know what else? Really quick aside about this catechism. Yeah. You can, you can, if you go to the, the think.institute, uh, which I think is, yeah, it's scrolling at the bottom there. Um, you can get a free PDF of the, of the catechids book. Yeah. Um, one of the benefits of catechizing your kids, whether you use catechids or Tim Keller's new city catechism or for the first catechism, which is another really good one, or you use one of the old classic Reformation catechisms, mm -hmm. the kids will start to integrate those answers yeah. into their thinking. Get this. Anna Sophia, I didn't even tell you this yet. Okay. She she comes up to me. This is today. Um, oh, and uh, Christine is asking what age or grade is best. We started when Jacob was three. Jacob is now eight. We're still doing it. Yeah. And Jacob is now like a, a master at it. Uh, it it so truly could go up to like, I mean, 12. I mean, honestly. Yeah, because you can have deeper be conversations adults, about it. Yeah. I would say probably elementary school yeah. for the most part. Okay. And, um, uh, but I'm working on some things for middle schoolers and and, and, and beyond. But Anna Sophia comes, comes into me today and she's telling me about this book that she's reading. And she's like, dad, there was, you know, what's that word about, you know, the, the person who makes peace between... God and man. I'm like, the mediator. She goes, yeah, there was a mediator in this story because there was a dad who was angry at these kids and the dad's son came and said, dad, if you're going to be mad at them, you've got to be mad at me too and you shouldn't be mad at them. And that's like a mediator. And I'm like, 
Fia, that's exactly right. Yes. But one of the questions is, who is the mediator between God and man? Yes. The, the man, Christ Jesus. And what does a mediator do? Makes peace between God and man. Yes. So they will begin to yeah. it becomes see these a biblical part truths. of them. Yes. Even when we were talking about the coronavirus and talking to them about, you know, what does this mean? And, and, and do we fear? And what did Lucas say? What did he say? He said, um, no, we shouldn't. What did he say? I can't remember. But he brought up one of the answers, and I can't remember now. But it was one of the answers One of the answers from catechism to answer why we should not be afraid. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it was really neat. So so we do catechism. Uh, you can get it. Uh, you can get it for free on the website, or, or you can buy it on Amazon. The link is there. If you go to the website and search for catechids, you'll it'll come up. So then we do catechism Bible. After that, we since we do classical conversations, we have um, memorization. If you guys are interested, you can always check it out free on YouTube um, to do classical conversations. Um, they do memorization of all kinds of things, so it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually do that while Lucas does his respiratory, so it works out great. Then we're actually doing classical education right now, music. So I um, today we had them listen um, or watch a video about Johannes Brahms, and then we listened to some music, and they danced to it. So that was really neat. A real quick plug here, too. Alisa has put together a very, very good lesson plan on Chopin. Chopin. Yeah, but I don't know if I have that anywhere. Oh, you don't have, you deleted it? I think so. Really? Because I, no. yeah. Anyways. You did? So. <laughs> was it, was it on Google Slides? Yeah. You, you can recover it. Okay. Let, let me just say this. I know Hannes Brahms as well. Oh, I'm, and, oh, I see. You just used the same one and changed it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can go back to the old okay. version of it. So, so if yeah, you, if you guys want a lesson plan, just let it, let me know. Send me a message. It's very, very good. Alisa yeah. is, she knows her music. It's, and she's an excellent teacher. So yeah. if you, yeah, I recommend it. So Contact then her. after music, we did history during snack time. The kids are constantly hungry. I don't know why your kids, but they could eat all day. All day. So we do. We did history like during snack. I actually just ordered a history book because I kind of was slowly making my way into homeschooling. And since this wasn't a required course, we didn't start with it. But now we're doing it. So, um, but today we went over some medieval um, like the nights, which was really cool. And the kids were actually super into it. So we did that during snack. Then we did recess. So the kids, I just made them go outside and play. Um, and then after that, we actually, I guess we did, we, we went on a walk. So that was actually really nice. We mm. walked around the block and found treasures. Um, and then this is off. I forget. Yeah, it got a little, it got a little yeah, right. I think, it, I think this goes here. I don't remember. Anyways, then we... I'm missing something here. What, Anyways. after recess? Yeah. Uh, composition? No, that was later. Was it? No, mm. I think it was... Okay. Well, then we, we, we're we going to do math tomorrow. We did math yesterday, so we'll do it. So we're kind of doing block scheduling. So math after recess, mm-hmm. um, then lunch, then... And we have a nap time in here for the, the two youngers. Then we do an elective. What we do for an elective is... Piano, which we, there's an online program called, uh, what is it called again? The online the program. Oh, Hoffman. Um, Hoffman University? 
yeah, I think that's right. Hoffman University. Yeah. Um, and he teaches free classes, or you can actually sign up, but it's an online thing, which is really cool. Yeah, Joseph Hoffman. Joseph Hoffman, yeah. He's the teacher. And um, so you could do that. If you have a piano or a keyboard, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, there's also typing. You can find a program online for that. Um, we did art today. So we did... Um, Kind of modern art and we had the kids paint yeah um or you could do we have a recorder so we're gonna you know that's gonna be one of the options down the line the the annoying little wooden flute that yes. we all did in fourth grade you know yes <laughs> um and then after that it'll be reading um actually this okay this is where it was reading was supposed to be up here uh. but anyways so then we do another subject here today it was um it was, was composition. composition yeah um and then Fitness and gym. There are so many YouTube videos for fitness and gym, and the kids love it. Yeah. It gets their energy out. Um, so that's really good. You could also do, like, go noodle. Um, and then we finish our day with respiratory, which is something Lucas has to do. And typically we watch, like, a TV show or something at that time, which gives them something to look forward to at the end of the day. Yeah. So that is our typical day in homeschooling. And... What's so great about this schedule, which we're losing everything right now, John, yeah. we'll, uh, is, um, come back to that later. is that this shows the kids what's next. So they're, if they're constantly coming up to you saying, what's next? What's next? Just say, hey, mm -hmm. just go look. What is next? Yeah. And it's been really, really, really helpful. And if they're like, well, can I have my tablet? No. After school is done, then maybe you can have it. But definitely not now. We need yeah. to do. So having this like chart that's interchangeable. You can kind of change it up each day has been so, so helpful yeah. um, to us. The other thing is, is um, utilizing FaceTime for the social interaction. So yeah. I've been doing, I've been allowing the kids to do FaceTime with their friends. I actually found a great idea for my friend Kaya, who her daughter um, played Monopoly. So she literally got her physical Monopoly board out and FaceTimed with a friend of hers and they had their fate, their monopoly board out and they played for four and a half hours. <laughs> so that's, that's a way to have some social interaction. I love that. I don't know that my kids are quite ready for that, but that kind of interaction is something that keeps the kids in relationship with their friends, which mm -hmm. obviously is so important. And I'm really sad that they're going to miss out on that. But thankfully we have, you know, my kids have each other, um, but it's it's just, you know, an important part of what we're going through right now with the isolation. Yeah. So hopefully you've heard some practical things that you can do. I mean, we're really just kind of scratching the surface. I mean, there were yeah. a lot of things that we did while Lucas was in the hospital and I'm sure that there, talk to us in a week, there'll be many more things that we've discovered. I'm sure that you'll have, um, you know, many suggestions for us as well if you do you can actually reach both of us if you go if you shoot us an email at thethink.institute at gmail.com um I'll, I'll typically get that but i'll definitely share that with elisa and um but i think going back to the main purpose of this video this the big idea today is don't waste your quarantine yes there are so many ways that you'll have um, so many opportunities that you're going to have over these next, who knows how long, uh, over this next yeah. period of time to get closer to the Lord, to get closer to your family. 
and to get closer and to care for others. And that's really kind of what we're trying to do by yeah. this video is to mm -hmm. care for you all. And, um, and you know, many of you watching have cared for us during our dark times. Yeah. And so, um, you know, this is sort of a little way of paying it back and paying it forward a little bit. But I think just also to remember that um, we have to live each day with a focus. Like we can't be like, yes, we want to look towards the future and towards that hope that this is going to be done at the end of the month, which is what they originally had talked about. But, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to look back two months from now and be like, yeah. man, I wish I had started these things that I'm now doing yeah. when it first happened because we just don't know. And so just take advantage of the time that we have right now to instill some of these um, some of these tools and some of these really like get out your game boards and play with your kids and really spend time as a family. Another thing we didn't talk about that I'll quickly talk about is that a lot of people are working from home. And so um, if, if you have like one spouse who's kind of taking over the kids and one who's working from home, um, the one who's working, give the one who's primarily with the kids a break every once in a while. Wait like, a minute, who are you talking <laughs> to right now? What is no, this? But like, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's not true. only good, and, and we've been doing this, you know, it, it's not only good for that, you know, individual, that parent that is with the kids all the time. It's good for the kids. It's good for the person who's working yeah, to yeah, have yeah. that that break because when it comes down to it, we are not used to being in the house all the time. We're yeah. used to being out. We're used to being around other people. And so having that shift is yeah. a really, really good way of making things feel different because yeah. when it comes down to it, you have different gifts that I do. You have different, way different ways of interacting with the kids than I do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a lot more rowdy. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, wrestling and fighting that goes on. Yeah. All good, you know, good, good fighting. Yes, a lot yes. of hanging upside down and chucking up in true, the air true. when, uh, when yeah. daddy's playing with the kids. So, and, and that's, so important, right? So yeah. we have the ability now to just kind of switch, you know, yeah. and give give each other that kind of mental break. You know, I'm going to, uh, okay, we are going to bring this yeah. to a close. Yeah. But really quick, I want to make two book recommendations. Look, you're at home. We're, you're not going anywhere. Read a book, right? So the first one is called The Household and the War for the Cosmos. And that is by C.R. Wiley. C.R. Wiley is, the, is a guy that I want to get on my podcast. It, the book is amazing. And it talks about how to have a product, how to have a productive household. And, and even to hearken back to the pre-industrial revolutionary times when, um, you know, men and women worked from home. That was, that was, you know, where your business was run out of. That was, yeah. that the household was productive. And, um, so that's a very good book to, I, I, it's actually very cool. I read that about a month before we all got it under quarantine here. And uh, it has radically changed even the way that I think about my kids barging into my office when I'm working. It has actually changed that I think this is good. Yeah. I have children. Well, this is our home. This is the nerve center of our ministry. Yeah. And um, so, and then the other one, I'm just going to plug the one that you've been reading, Praying 365 days of praying for your kids through the Bible or something like mm -hmm. that. What's it called? It's like, that sounds right. It's, it's, it's like praying through the Bible for your family, for your kids, kids in 365 days. Just if you search for that, <laughs> you'll probably, I don't know the title of it, but it's a good book. So check that out. But Elise has been doing that. Well, and I think too, we can also use this time to now listen to podcasts. So, you know, 
So, I mean, this is pretty good. (laughs) You're on it. Yeah. But there's another one if you are a female and you want to be fed in a different way because he his primary audience is to men mm-hmm. although obviously i benefit from it and other women do as well um but there's another one called mama apologetics mama bear mama bear thank you mama bear apologetics that i have been just enjoying tremendously it's very very good so you know we have a little bit more time maybe um while you're doing the dishes or whatever that the, it's a great way to be fed um learn through the season so all right thank you guys for watching we had quite a few viewers that actually hung with us till the end yeah thanks guys uh, christine you get the um the trophy for uh best participation yes so this is this is a good participation trophy you are the best thank you guys for watching and you can interact with the think institute by going to the think.institute find us on social media even though i've given it up for personal use i am still on there for the think institute but if you go on facebook or instagram we are at the think institute on twitter it's at think i-n-s-t and this is not goodbye this has just been a little pit stop along the way of our spiritual journey which i know your spiritual journey is looking a little bit differently right now and so we do hope this was helpful and uh really appreciate you guys that's all we have for you so i'm gonna say it together until next time until next time i I hope it made made you think think. (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know one that was amazing (laughs) that was really good Oh, it's funny.